ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Welcome back, nerds. This is Zero Gravity here alongside Brother Ghoulish. And today, the city is in danger, girl. We better evacuate um, or not. <laughs> or maybe I might just post up to see what happens. I'm not so sure. Keep me in your thoughts, y'all. Today, we're going big. We're going bigger. We're going larger than life. But before we get into our topic, actually, no, it's all kind of our topic today. We better just nerd out. Sheree is out of town. Um, so that means uh, no parents. That means Brother Ghoulish <laughs> and I are going to go fucking crazy with all the shit that I know that she don't want to be bothered with. Um, so let's talk about some monsters. But first, what's popping? What's really going down in the horror community right now? Oh, my God. There is so much good going on. And it was... It was all purely coincidental that literally Cavity Colors released that damn Godzilla Legacy series. And when I tell you, everyone listening, this is not, this isn't when I was telling y'all to go buy the A24 hand. $125 uh, $125 is a lot of money, I understand, even though you can smoke out of it. These are relatively affordable, and they're all just dripping in juice. And no, this isn't a sponsored ad. Although we are open, call us, flirty. XOXO blurdy. Um, this line is fire. I I'm looking down the page right now, and I love these like Japanese in like inspire, or maybe they're even Japanese art. I really don't know. But most of the like Godzilla merch that we get, like t-shirts and shit, you know, from these retailers that we always be buying t-shirts and stuff from, they're it's like Americanized. Um yeah. So I'm hype on this. Oh, I'm looking at this Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Are you kidding? Man, my fucking wallet. I, now I'm like, should I have bought that A24 hand? I don't know. And you know what's know. breaking my heart? Remember when I first sent this to you? I, I could have sworn it was only two pages. This is six pages worth of merch. And I'm flipping through just, they have a Shin Godzilla shirt. Hell Yeah. King Ghidorah, I'm seeing here too. Rodan, it's this is a full. This isn't even a Godzilla collab. This is this is a whole King of Monsters. We it got is, everyone man. outside here. Damn. Well, check always comes on Friday. God damn it. <laughs> God fucking damn it. The way I wish I could pull up to New York City Comic Con in these hetero leggings, 
These are just, I, I mean, sorry, not leggings. I don't want to, sorry, jogger sweatpants. Everybody listening, I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Dripping. This is literally six pages. Yeah, of just, of just Godzilla drip. Well, no, like you said, all the kaijus. Everybody. Thank you. I've definitely been asking for it, although I do not see any Ebira merch. Uh, that's definitely going to be on my list because you girl loves some crab legs. I really do. I've been on the Ebera kick. I, um, you know, sometimes do you have like a fuck off like series or movie or show that like when you don't feel like turning your brain on and you put it on just so you could like fuck off. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. So any of like the, the older, um, Toho movies are my fuck off movies because, you know, you don't really actually pay attention. Yeah. Um, but I woke up at like four in the morning, maybe a month or two ago, and my TV was playing uh, Ebera Horror of the Deep uh, versus Godzilla, of course. And so I woke up to like this giant crab fight. Like, and it was, I was like, man, where he been at? Where he fucking been at? So I know we're like... We're moving forward with the legacy of kaiju monsters and like bringing them back. You know, we got Ghidorah back, we got Rodan back, um, Mecha Godzilla's back. Yep. But I'm trying to see some crab legs, though. I'm trying to see some crab legs. It's coming, and every time you say these big ass crabs, doesn't it remind you of that Amelia Earhart tea that she was eating by those big ass crabs? Oh my God! Wait, what were they? Coconut crabs? Yeah, that's what they were called. Holy crabs. shit! Oh my God! You know what? Like, can we get a fan fiction of that going? Like, mix the. Look. Oh, here we go! Here we go! Listen to this. All right, so Amelia Earhart. This is like a, a period piece. Okay. It's a fictional period piece fanfic. Oh my God. Ryan just, he just face palmed. I'm done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good, but I'm sure it's on 4chan somewhere. Please give it to me still. I want it. Oh my God. I hate you. Okay. So it's a period piece, a fictional period piece. Amelia Earhart, you know, she's doing her thing. She crash lands. She survives though. But let's spin the story a little bit. Okay. So instead of being eaten alive, or her corpse was eaten by these crazy ass coconut crabs. Maybe they do. Maybe they pull up, find her, you know, almost, almost dead. And then the coconut crabs take her to their fearless leader, Ebera, Hara Wait the a minute Deep. Now. Come on now. And then we got kind of a King Kong situation, you know, where like, Maybe she's not a white woman. Maybe it, for some reason, Amelia Earhart is a brown woman. Um, let's, all right. It's fan fiction. It's fan fiction. Don't hold me accountable. Um, and then we kind of have a, you know, a human kaiju kind of thing going on. But it's crabs. It's not, it's not King Kong. It's crabs. It's crabs. Woo. All right. Just don't count me out. Don't count me out. I, I won't 100% watch that. But a big piece of it is. This is so many of the Soa era Godzillas that how could we talk shit about it? How could we? That is literally that is literally Mothra versus Godzilla. Like it's literally that going to an island and then being taken to this big ass demon in a cliff and then everyone just irreverent. I mean, I'm down. 
Can we get Chloe and Haley as the Mothra twins? Just like, just shrink them down. Oh, like, I mean, oh, you are so onto it there. Oh my God, Chloe and oh, I love that idea. Can I get some fan art with that too? God damn. Who's oh my God. Amelia Earhart, though. We got to cast that. Ethel Kane. Mm. I'm sorry. I'll go away. Bitch. I will, I, I, will stand, I will stand in the corner. I will. All right, so I'm thinking she's she should probably be older than Chloe and Hallie. So let's go, maybe. Hmm. Is it bad that like my mind just like automatically goes to Angela Bassett? We're not doing that. We're not doing that. That's but. weird. Mine did too, though. I don't know. I think I think we just love her so much here because that's the first place my mind went. That's really strange. I mean, Maybe I'm not saying no too to much it. time together. Do we spend too much time together? Is that is this what what's happening right now? We're becoming the Mothra twins. Plot twist. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Put me in, coach. Put me and my friend in. Nah, I might have to sit on this for a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're too much. I hate you too much. Ooh, this this might actually be a fan fiction that I could consider writing. I don't know if you saw um, on my story. I'm I'm thinking about fan fiction, and you know it's it's spooky season right now, and we're all like booked and busy and shit. But I have been thinking about fan fiction just like in general recently. Like I'm sure we were if we went to middle school together. I'm sure we would have sat at the same table. You oh know, yeah, kids write on Wattpad and and uh, DeviantArt and we, yeah, I already know. I I can smell you. Yeah, I can Tumblr. Smell that on you when, mm-hmm, I can smell mm-hmm. that on you when I first met you. Lime but wire. I've been kind of thinking about like revisiting those days and maybe start writing some fanfic again. So this one just popped up, but this one, this this is definitely a first contender. But before I had this idea just now. Because, you know, Saw 10 just came out. I was thinking about, because um, I was watching, uh, not Hell's Kitchen, the, uh, oh, Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. I love that show. Just, yeah. just another good fuck off content. Just so good. But anyway, I'm watching a episode of, well, I'm fucking off and I'm watching an episode of Kitchen Nightmares. And Gordon Ramsay, uh, he goes into the basement of this restaurant or this diner. Actually, it was in Brooklyn. Very embarrassing. Um, and he was like, you know, it was disgusting down there. Like he goes in the fridge, there's like meat juice everywhere. And he's like, this is like a scene out of Saw. And then in my head, I'm like adding the Saw theme, like on top of what I'm seeing. And I thought to myself, my fucking dumbass. I thought to myself. What if we put Gordon Ramsay in a saw trap, you know, to to um, uh, reflect all of the the insults and the abuse and and the foul language that he's spat at his contestants at his. I mean, I know it's like we live in America, so it's a little fabricated, but also this is fan fiction. So like whatever. And so I wrote this whole thing the other day, like, uh. You know, when, when they press the tape and then it's like Jigsaw gives you like the intro. Yeah. So I wrote a whole Jigsaw intro for Gordon Ramsay for whatever his saw drop might be. Um, and I'm going to get there eventually, but I'm going to have to put this one on hold because I will be writing our Ebira Horror of the Deep, Amelia Earhart <laughs> crossover. crossover. And uh, I will be um, hitting yo 
yo uh, inbox for a consultation, sir, because uh, you're you, you're a better writer than I am. You will be sick of my ass. That sounds like something I would eat up. And even it, listen, even with the saw one, just let me know what's good. Because to be honest with you, can you imagine if the saw trap was a parody of that iconic moment? I know it wasn't Kitchen Nightmares. It was, I think it was Hell's Kitchen. It was Hell's Kitchen when he did the um idiot sandwich. Like, what if they make him an idiot sandwich with like scolding, burning? <gasps> like, I don't know. There's something there. There's it hold needs on, workshop a bit, but there's something there. I got you. Panini press. Idiot oh, sandwich. My God. Write that down. Write that down. Write that, down. <laughs> that would be so good. Don't play, girl. Because listen, I love a good fan fiction. I definitely I used to do Yu-Gi-Oh! fan fictions in school. I've told you this. Now it's out. Receiving. I think it's still online. I think it's on Zanga. I used to post them to Zanga or something like that. Throwback. I, I did used to write um fan fiction, but most of my fan fiction was like about bands. Um Ooh. yeah, and I'm like, you know, but that was just like the teen in me. Yeah. And now, like, so I would write fan fictions about bands, but I would consume fan fictions about like my favorite was like supernatural. Like all the supernatural fanfics on Wattpad, I was eating that shit up. Delicious. Delicious. Wattpad's mm-hmm. still around too. I mean, that's how I found out about Poot Lovato, which is making it's a that. resurgence. Oh, of- oh, Poot Lovato. Okay. Wait, don't tell me this Poot Lovato. Stop it. Is there fanfic? There's the about- book. There, there's a there's a fanfic book on Poot Lovato, and it is pure gold. Pure gold. I literally read it and then and then read it to Emilio. He asked me to stop after chapter two. <laughs> he, he legitimately told me stop, stop it right now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh my god, the internet is so fucking undefeated. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Um, how did we get here? Anyway, I I will be writing that fan fiction and I will be hitting you up for advice because. Chloe and Hallie idea is just gorgeous. Is yeah, chef's fucking kiss, bro. Um, okay, what else is popping? Speaking of expanding the love from just Godzilla to all the rest of the kaiju. So at the time of the recording um, of this recording right now, we are uh, technically one day out from New York Comic Con. Um, I'm so excited to see a brother ghoulish in the flesh again because I haven't seen him since July. Um, and Sheree so the Slayer is going to be there. And Jazz and Cat of Girl That's Scary is going to be there. Bobby Likes a Spooky is going to be there. And it's going to be a great time. And when we link up, it's it's quite dangerous. Oh, um, yeah. But um, I wanted to mention at Comic-Con this year, we um, are getting a sneak peek of the first episode of Apple TV's, um, what is it called? It's called Monarch Legacy of Monsters. So I'm pretty sure this is going to be an extension of the current Monarch Cinematic Universe, you know, because we had King Kong first, which kind of started it. We had Kong Skull Island, Godzilla 2014, and then it kind of meshed together with Godzilla vs. Kong, King of Monsters, all that stuff. And now we're going full Marvel mode, which you know what? I'm not mad about. Um, It actually 
Ghoulis, let's talk about this for a second. But I feel like the Godzilla, Toho, Kaiju universe is probably one of the only IPs that's strong enough to hold its own cinematic universe in the way that Marvel does. What do you think? I didn't even think about it, but upon hearing it, you're 100% correct. Because there's enough kaiju, there's enough lore. And I mean, to be honest, the proof that they can do it was Godzilla King of Monsters. Because the way that they pulled in, in all the different regional locales, how they pulled in all the different stories, and then even how they wrapped it down and left some room for growth for some of the ones that get defeated to come back. I I mean, I think it's a great idea. And plus, I'm going through a bit of a Marvel burnout. Like, I don't hate Marvel, never will. But it, it, it was nice, not going to lie, like jumping into the Monarch series because it has that same level of hyper-realism and, like, fantasy. Because I don't typically like testosterone-driven franchises, but this feels different because there's there's some level of, like, fantasy to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Ooh, that was a, actually a really good point just now. For some reason, the testosterone thing you just said, that really just, like, shook something in me because maybe it's just the the nature of kaiju. Um, and I'm, I'm going to bring this up later down the line. Um, but something about, you know, the nature of kaiju and that they're not a phenomenon produced or influenced by humanity, yeah. aka men, you know, that it's just, it's it's less roided up, you know what yeah. I mean? It's less, you know, and I'm the same as you, like, I, I don't think I could ever hate Marvel, I could never hate any of those superhero stories, but after a while, it's... You know, this is the conflict, and what are we going to do to stop it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And not just, you know, kind of this is a <laughs> kind of a natural disaster. And, but it's not really like, how can I stop it? I think like the, the American uh, universe that we have is maybe like a good halfway point um, in the level of. <laughs> roided up stories <laughs> i guess like fan roided up fantasy stories um but yeah it's not like you know these are these are animals at the end of the day they behave like animals so they're unpredictable and it's not like it's a, a mastermind up against a mastermind and you gotta you know it's a battle yeah. it's kind of just like how are we gonna deal with this as a society because we're fucked you know what i mean and i think that's yep. a nice break i really like that you said that i don't think i've ever thought about that before um but then when you look at like the the og like toho films it they're even less broided you know because we have like what would be a, oh shield like shield is like the the agency that deals with the superheroes and marvel yeah. and then over here in the monster world we have monarch and shield is more like you know what are we going to do to fight back and yeah. i feel like monarch is more like what are we going to do to protect the world and the people who live in it as opposed to like trying to bring this 
this thing down, I guess. Yeah. They've surrendered to the fact they can't bring it down, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's almost like one thing they keep that I'm really just obsessed with is the kaiju feel almost like these personifications of nature, but not just nature, because like Godzilla feels like the more you dig, he's kind of like a walking atomic bomb. So he can read as like a metaphor for like nuclear crisis and war and stuff like that. And I just love how we surrender to the fact that we're powerless to these things. And so when everyone who's kind of like watching the kaiju like battle, I mean, they're running because it's a shit we can do. That's entertaining to me. It's like, let's just sit back and spectate this big ass mess and watch these big things come out to play. And then that means that all the states who don't like each other, who don't like each other, they have to work together and break out their big guns that we don't typically get to see. Like when you see the military pulling out like all these like bombs and stuff, like it feels testosterone driven, but in a different way. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why I like Kaiju so much right now, but I haven't been able to stop watching them since we've been preparing for this because I think I watched them as a kid and they kind of remind me of like what, you know, what I loved about, like you said, the original Toho ones for sure, how they feel similar to Pokemon, Digimon, how they feel kind of yes. similar to like the Power Rangers. But I think I look at them from that lens because I was a kid. But looking at them again as an adult, baby, it is so campy. It's so funny. And there's representations of each gender because Mothra is definitely a divine feminine energy, like through yes. and through. And nothing to be fucked with, whether it's in the Toho version or over here. Mothra can't be stopped. Like every single time Mothra like lays down her life, she literally manifests into two other things that still... The way that those worms, I don't want to get stuck. The way that those <laughs> worms were able to just tear Godzilla a new asshole in the original Mothra versus mm-hmm. Godzilla, they were worms. Imagine them when they get their wings. I was having too much fun. Period. Period. Okay. We're let let's do the thing. Okay. Let's. So you mentioned, oh, I love this so much. Sheree. I know you're listening right now, girl. How <laughs> how can you not be here with us? This is just all right. You, you know what? Let, I think we could corrupt Sheree. I think we could. Like, if we're on our best behavior in this episode, there's hope. <laughs> if she okay, hears this, she might hope. be like, maybe I'll watch Mothra versus Godzilla. No, listen to the ones that Zero tells you to watch because I will. You know what I'm coming with today, uh, Zero. You already know the kaiju's I'm about to get into. You already know. I do. I would, I would, I am with you with Mothra versus Godzilla. And I like the whole, the whole idea of feminism with Mothra, you know, from like a, a cringy, you know, corners of the internet type of person that I am, you know, the stands of Toho monsters and kaijus and all that shit. It's like, okay, Godzilla and Mothra, they're married. Okay. They are a married couple. We kind of see a little bit of that fan service come to fruition with um, King of Monsters when Mothra basically comes to save the day to that's my man and I will stick beside him, you know, some shit like that. But of course, they're both animals at the end of the day, so they got to be duking it out. But so last weekend, I'm very excited to talk about this. Last weekend, uh, my girlfriend Ames and I uh, and a couple other friends, we went to this new event down in Brooklyn. It's called Kaiju Brooklyn. And it's basically a gathering of all of the Toho nerds, all the Kaiju nerds, 
um, and uh, resellers who sell figures, um, artists who, you know, are selling their prints and stuff. And, you know, it's just a bunch of nerds in one space. People are, some people are in cosplay and stuff. And uh, there was a podcast running around and they interviewed me and they asked me, like, what's my kaiju hot take? And so Ames and, and our friends, we kind of had a little discussion about this, like what, what would be our monster hot take? And something that we all kind of agreed on is that when Mothra gets shit on, it seems a little personal, I guess, in the sense that Mothra is definitely represents the feminine side of, I, I guess, Mother Nature or just, you know, kaijus that can be chicks, which they definitely do exist. Um, but we've seen, and just like you said, even when Mothra will sacrifice her body and, you know, quote unquote, dies she still has potential to come back and kick ass. And I kind of feel like that's a very feminine quality. Like we, as women, you know, we have the ability to reproduce. We can keep fucking going. Um, I don't know if any other kaiju has that sort of um, exact regenerative quality. I mean, I know there's like forms and shit, but, and also just the fact that like, Mothra is a moth and Mothra is very beautiful and very yeah. deadly at the same time. And does it in, although she's like very scary and dangerous, you know, she's still very beautiful, beautiful. and you can Just definitely gorgeous. see that with the, the older ones, like the, the one that you were talking about, you know, the costuming um, is with bright colors and gorgeous. And then all the way up to Godzilla King of Monsters, every time you see Mothra on the screen, is like like screensaver material. Like she's a beautiful creature, and I think that you know moths in general are beautiful creatures. But when Mothra gets the axe, I kind of feel like an ovary dying. That's kind of what it <laughs> what it feels. It's not like. right. It's like, but you're so right because you know I'm about to jump in. Please, yeah, keep going because don't start me on that. I hate when you Mothra dies. I be getting so upset. Like, Mothra is why I'm here. It ain't for this damn uh, Hydra. I, I, We have so much to talk about. We have so much to talk about. We have so much. We do. And I, it's almost kind of like when Mothra gets put down, either like in the movie or in like internet lore or just yeah. like on Twitter, you know, like nerds fighting or whatever. It, it feels like to me, the boys are out playing kickball and then Mothra pulls up and she's like, hey. I'm going to kick your ass in kickball. Let me play. Let me on the court. And they're, the, they're like, no, fuck you. And she's like, all right, I guess I'll just die. And then just dies. Somehow it ends up coming back and kicking ass anyway. But, you know, they don't get as much of a round of applause for that as Ghidorah and Godzilla and all the other boys do. You know what I mean? I feel that. I feel you. Yes. Yeah, but I think it's because they're 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 opposites, right? Because it's like Godzilla slash Gohira, especially being so radioactive, is almost like a fire, like the sun, and then like Mothra feels like the moon. So it's like it's almost like there are stark mm. contrasts, and that's why I think they lean into it with contrasts. You're so kind for letting that slide, but there's stark contrasts, <laughs> and it's almost like in King of the Monsters they they acknowledge that because it feels like they are the balance, like. Gohira completely dies in King of the Monsters. 
And Mothra, because of the retreatment, is able to bring him back without sacrificing her life. Like, she eventually sacrifices it overall when he dies again. I'm like, damn, this nigga can't get it right. But <laughs> she lives on because she's immortal in spirit, whereas Gohira doesn't have that same spiritual immortality. Like, if he actually does die-die, he's out of here. So it's mm -hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. That's facts. Yeah, man, I'm loving this. I'm fucking loving it. Okay, another thing that you mentioned, um, which y'all, I'm sorry for everybody listening. We're going to be all over the place oh, yeah. um, just because we're a couple of nerds and we're very excited. Um, but shall we get into the real talk uh, right now? Because there is something that you said that I want to touch on um, about Godzilla being a representation of trauma. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's that's canon. Like I couldn't find it anywhere specifically, but I think it's pretty damn obvious that Godzilla is a representation of the trauma that Japan suffered um, during the bombing of Hiroshima. Um, literally, like it, yes. radioactive nature. Um, oftentimes, when you like look at Godzilla, he kind of resembles like a an explosion mushroom and you know never mind the fact that he has fucking laser blasts you yeah. know what i mean and and can destroy entire cities without really thinking twice about it just like the unpredictable nature of you know what radioactive impact can do to society like basically without giving a fuck like if you were to put a a name and a face on an atomic bomb um, similar to what had happened in, in Hiroshima in Japan all those years ago, it probably looks something like Godzilla. Right. And yeah. I think that's a really beautiful way to deal with trauma. Um, and, you know, Godzilla's come a long way since then. Um, and at this point in uh, Godzilla history, I'm pretty sure Godzilla is like a an actual citizen of of Japan. Um, he's a tourism ambassador um, and a really huge part of of Japan's history and their current you know state of whatever. Like you can't really yeah. think about Godzilla without thinking about Japan. He kind of like represents Japan and their people, and I think that's kind of like. That's kind of badass, you know. That's kind of strong. Very going through something so tragic and then creating something that's, you know, so loved and appreciated, but also, you know, it it's like that fine line. And I know Ghoulish, we talk about this a lot, and we also talk about it with Sheree, but there's definitely a fine line with our fandoms and media and how to respect our past without like re-traumatizing ourselves. You know Amen. what I mean? It's, it's a hard thing to do. And we know damn well as black people that, you know, sometimes we, we jump into black horror and unfortunately the ratio is not appropriate for everybody. And we end up re-traumatizing ourselves with another goddamn slave story or, yeah. you know, things that are it's like too close to home and godzilla is for i imagine for japanese people really fucking close to home but can you know is is able to be like a beacon to to allow people to remember 
um, and and be a symbol of Japan's hardship during that time, dealing with yeah. uh, you know the effects of Hiroshima, um, but not re-traumatizing everybody because like everyone who doesn't love Godzilla you know what I mean and I think that's uh probably a lesson that maybe American um filmmakers and and creators of fandom can can take a lesson from because I mean I don't know what the answer is but it looks something like Godzilla in the rest of the Toho universe but your creative um, consultation could get them closer because what's happening with, <clears throat> excuse me, what's happening with especially the Soa era is they keep the characters so light and frilly that it creates a, a comfortable juxtaposition because you see like gangsters, you see scientists, like mad scientists who are caricatures of the actual thing. And they're seeing Godzilla, you know, grapple with a personification of some aspect of nature. So it's literally like man, science and radioactivity. Like, but in order to make it feel like something that's not re-traumatizing, that's why these characters are so campy and cheesy. And I think that's why when I see the reviews where people were kind of dragging the monster verse over here, the monarch uh, verse over here, I, I'm going to be shady, but like, I don't mean to be shady. I think they kind of miss it, right? Like, there has to be an element of cheese. There has to be because these are personifications of real issues and they want to make sure that people can still enjoy the experience and have fun with it. So these are caricatures. They're not real people because the actual people who were impacted by things like Hiroshima and like some of these other things that we're going to get into, that's a very real issue and it's heavy and it deserves to be. But this is an escapism from that while still paying homage to it. And I think that's why, like you really blew my mind, especially by even bringing up how Godzilla and like Japanese culture are intrinsically connected because before we started going into this for this round, you know, I didn't even realize that the eras are named after the Japanese imperial eras. The Godzilla eras yeah. are named after the imperial eras. That's how intrinsically connected they are. You can actually tell by what they're doing politically. And you see that change happening in the Godzilla films. You see Godzilla start off as like a menace and they're like, we got to get this nigga out of here but then the era shifts and he becomes a hero for the people like everyone's rooting for him and they're actually needing him to beat out this personification that's coming our way and it's able to shift like that because like you said at the top of this he's an animal so his 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 motivations everything is going to swing based on his personal predilection like he's the ultimate anti-hero who doesn't fucking love godzilla like you said it's just so fun if you don't want to see him be a good guy switch eras if you don't want to see yeah. him be a bad a guy, switch eras. Different directors take different takes on it. Yes. There really is a Godzilla for everybody. For real. Stop, but true. No, I mean, like, 100%. sorry to be fucking corny, but like. Yes. No, that's you not know corny. What, that's real. The type of Godzilla that I am definitely not a fan. Like, I love the old Godzillas when it's all, like, 100% practical. Um we yeah. got the guys in suits and they're just like straight up wrestling and shit. Like there's there is lovely amazing things about every era of Godzilla. But as soon as we bring in Son of Godzilla, I don't know. I don't know. I I can't. Yeah. Have you ever seen a Son? Of yeah. It's then I get, I kind of get taken out. I kind of get taken I out mean. and let me tell you why. It's too 
it's too cute and it's too it's too human and i realized through watching some son of godzilla content um listeners you can you, you can fucking figure it out it's the son of godzilla hello it's a baby um and he's very cute and through watching some son of godzilla content i realized why i prefer the toho movies compared to our american monarch reimagining is because eyebrows i know that sounds crazy it's because of eyebrows now (laughs) yeah eyebrows are such a a human thing or maybe not eyebrows are a human thing but like emoting with your eyebrows is something that humans do that like um um monkeys chimps apes gorillas like they do like we can see expressions when we move our eyebrows around um and because son of godzilla has this face that's like intrinsically human it's not like that mushroom thing that godzilla's got going on most of the time um we're able to see like feelings in monsters and i realized that i don't really like that because now i realize that i i like what you've been saying at the end of the day this is a fucking animal and the animal is gonna do what the animal is gonna do and it doesn't matter if we try to become friends with it it doesn't matter if we start fucking shooting at it it doesn't matter it's gonna do what it's gonna do because it's an animal and it has instincts so if we go over over back over to America, like Godzilla 2014 and, and so on, and Kong is different because Kong is a giant gorilla. So that's yeah, it makes that sense. makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like I don't think you go to the zoo and like see a lizard or like like a bearded dragon or something that like you know, people have in homes that they're you know, you yeah. we all know what a bearded dragon looks like. They don't like emote with their eyebrows or like a snake. Like snakes don't yeah. like emote with their eyebrows. And when they do emote with their eyebrows, we're watching like a Disney Pixar film where you have to add emotional qualities onto a character to make it relatable to the audience. And the this new uh, Godzilla look from uh, 2014 to King of Monsters, my man, he has eyebrows. And... I have a, a scene that's kind of stuck in my head. I remember when um, Godzilla versus Kong came out and the whole debate was like, who's going to win? Who's going to win? Um, and then at the end of the movie, like it's really up to interpretation. Sorry, small tangent. It's really up to interpretation um, who wins at the end. But there's this moment at the very end of the film between Godzilla and Kong and Godzilla kind of looks back at Kong and like does this thing with his eyebrows and he's like you white we good you know like like he says it with his i mean obviously he can't fucking talk but he says it with his face like we good and i like i kind of don't like that like i'm about to say i i I literally saw you throwing the remote i don't know how (laughs) i was like did did they just like dap it up like they just like they were like all right boss you got it i got i respect you um maybe there's a way to like do that as animals i don't know but, but that, that's the thing be... there's not we want the, the toho has the formula figured out the camp and the cheese that we want or are willing to tolerate 
is for the humans. I don't want Godzilla dapping up King Kong. Like, I have to agree with that. <laughs> I definitely agree. It's because it takes you out of it a little bit. It's yeah. like I wanted a side of cheese, not the whole damn plate. Like, can, yeah, there has like to be this a, is a charcuterie. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> it's a whole cheese board i asked for like a couple of slices of gouda in my meal you know to lighten up the mood a little bit but but yeah and, and i really do i think it's eyebrows i think it's eyebrows because then it makes the monster like super cartoony and yeah. the type i mean of course to each its own and and i know people want to like have connections with with their characters and shit like that like i get it um but for me i like the kind of godzilla that represents something absolutely uncanny that's like not even in our fucking realm so like why would he be thinking about our feelings why would he be thinking like he wouldn't he just wouldn't so i don't think he would you know put his eyebrows down and be like hmm do i let kong go or do i dap him up and you know we become homies after this i don't know i don't know i just no you know it's a little too much for me but because it's like if he's that smart what is up with all the destruction like when you think about the original hero it's like he comes out the water he moves around and the destruction is just coincidental the same with the fight but if you that damn smart take that shit down to the shore and stop tearing up our shit because you clearly know what the hell you're doing. And I mean, I almost want to go on a Shin Godzilla tangent, but I don't even know if we have the time. I think we need to just start digging into this list, um, unless we're already in it, in which case I, I can start. I feel like we're already in it, but I want to say one thing before we get too far away from it. Um, for going back to the whole nuclear bomb thing. So Oppenheimer was a spike in Godzilla content because Oppenheimer is, you know, it's the same basis. It's, yeah. I mean, and also to be completely transparent, I didn't see Oppenheimer. I don't, I don't think I will. I we, we have, yeah, we have bigger fish to fry, but the conversation that's happening around, or at least that was happening around Oppenheimer is, is this, like glorification or is glorification the right word but not celebration but is it um I, yeah i guess glorif is it glorifying the production the 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 idea of nuclear bombs is it glorifying that i don't know i never watched the movie i'm i'm fucking good but people are comparing oppenheimer to godzilla you know, they they both represent obviously nuclear. One is literally a nuclear bomb, or about a nuclear bomb, and the other one represents a nuclear bomb in the way that we just talked about. That's like respectful to history. That is a yeah. product of trauma and not just, you know, a dramatized story about it. So I do know that when Oppenheimer came out, there was a lot of Japanese American people that are like, "Yo, like." Our people are are scarred, you know, like they yeah. have stories, they have family members lost in tragedies, you know, that happened at the, you know, expense of, oh, this some guy wanted to make a bomb. But look what that bomb could do to entire 
communities, cities, mm -hmm. infrastructures, you know, and I thought that was a very interesting debate and Oppenheimer, it would be an American movie. It 100% would be an American movie because I don't think something like yeah. this would translate at all to to any other country that's had to deal with, you know, serious acts of war like this or even people in like what is it Arizona or or New Mexico uh where there's nuclear testing in yeah. our own American history or kind of like whoa you know this is a little close to home I don't know I don't feel like I'm educated enough to give a for sure statement but I can see the differences here. I can, I definitely can. And I would say I'm more on the Godzilla side of the fight than Oppenheimer's side of the fight. I love me some Killian Murphy, though. That man is fine as hell. Yeah. Very, very. Um, I'm with you because Godzilla, I think they, they bury it enough where it doesn't have to be about radioactivity or or you know the nuclear crises that have happened across time it doesn't have to be it you know you can kind of project any because i don't know godzilla represents so many it can represent so many things that's what's wild you can just project what you know resonates for you onto godzilla so that the fight starts to kind of make sense mm -hmm. you know but one thing that i found out when i was digging and i i ran to the microphone to tell you this um were you I know that like you watched some Pokemon back in the day, but were you like a huge Pokemon fan? Like you watched like the original movies and all that stuff or no? I've seen the OG movies. There's definitely a hard cutoff for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the ones that they showed on television back in the day, absolutely. Oh, okay. So uh, so Pokemon one, two, and three, maybe up to yeah. four. Okay. Mm, okay. Yeah, I would stop at three. Yeah. Okay. Um, so basically. I found out that Toho owns the Pokemon movie Japanese distribution rights. And so as a result, that's why, and I always wondered why the legendary Pokemon in the movies, they sound like certain kaijus. It's because they are. It turns out um, Pokemon's team has access to Toho's sound library. So as a small Easter egg, they've attached certain kaiju sounds to certain Pokemon. And the list is long, but I just took a couple because I thought, see, we're here. We're here. I wish y'all could see Zero's reaction. I reacted oh the same way. So My jaw is Z on the floor. <gasps> Zygarde is Mothra. Um, Giratina is also Mothra. Kyogre <gasps> is... Mm-hmm. Kyogre is Ghidorah, and Dialga is Gohira slash Godzilla. Wow! Oh my god, I have to yeah. go back and listen to these sound bites now. That's incredible! It wow. Was so, it made me feel so happy, like my inner child was beaming, because I couldn't put, and I know you've been in this uh, position before too, where you're, it's like, these sound familiar, like some of these cries are triggering something, but it had been so many years since I watched the original Pokemon movies that I just didn't even realize it. But if you go wow. into the, the Kaiju Reddit, they do a great job, like, indexing it. Like, if you actually go to, like, the Kaiju Reddit and just type in Pokemon Kaiju correlations, they they have a list, baby. They don't miss anything. Wow. Damn. My brain just kind of exploded just now. That's crazy. It Legendary is. Pokemon are are literally Kaiju. That makes all the fucking sense. That's insane. Wow, you just blew my brain with that one. I'm not even going to hold you. 
I'm glad you ran to the microphone with that because what? <gasps> oh my God, I have to tell everybody now. That's right? Look, look, we definitely have to tell Ames. We definitely have yes. to tell Ames. Because like, does she like Pokemon? She's listening right now, girl. Okay, all right. <laughs> we got to That's yeah. crazy. Wow. Yeah. Damn, and apparently, right. one more for just for for fun, since we're enjoying ourselves. Let me tell you something. I all, I mean, this won't surprise you, no shade, but the Guinness World Records. I'm just reading it straight from the thing. Recognizes the franchise as the um talking about Godzilla, as the longest continuously running film franchise, having been in ongoing production since 1954. There are 38 films, 33 Japanese ones that are produced by Toho. And five American ones, which I think it's more than five now, but at the time that, you know, this mm -hmm. thing was put up, um, one produced by TriStar Pictures, four by Legendary. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that makes sense. There's so many Godzilla movies like they and then there's so many like spinoffs and stuff like it makes a lot of sense, but it, it holds the record. And to say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Something you were saying earlier, I think part of the reason I don't feel burnout from Godzilla or hearing kaiju enthusiasts experience it toho does this thing where they take 10-year breaks like they literally stop um and what they do in that time is they break stuff down so i found out the original water thing that they would constantly use for all the movies they took a 10-year break and in it they literally broke that down re-envisioned it brought it back together for the next era of which i think is when they were getting ready for the the daywa era they just broke down the water tanks and everything so that way they can give us a new fit when they came back around. And you feel that because I don't remember what the name of the one they're in now. Let me look at my little list. But the one that started with Shin Godzilla, it, it feels mm -hmm. completely different. It's like a completely mm -hmm. different Godzilla again. But that's what more I places need to... to do. Take breaks. Yeah. Because, you know, I wouldn't count out the fact that the fans might be experiencing burnout. But also, True. wouldn't you imagine that, like, the studios and the directors and the writers could also be experiencing burnout oh, as hell far yeah. as, like, you know, generating new ideas and, you know, making everything different? That's like, and honestly, that's how I feel. That's how I imagine the, the folks at Marvel are feeling right now because they are pumping out shit like a fucking machine. And I'm like, are you guys not tired? Because from the critics' reviews, it sounds like... You're running out of runway. So, like, let's take a nap maybe and revisit this later. I mean, I know I would be burned out. Like, because that's a lot of 
you also have to keep up with all the lore and mm-hmm. it's mm, i mean but they have to bring in people i think who are seriously obsessed with this stuff they have to bring in the right people and it seems like they have um for the most part because they keep the pieces that resonate and kind of get rid of what doesn't it feels like mm-hmm. all right let's talk about the current godzilla cinematic universe i know you got shit to say here yeah um i'm enjoying it i know i I didn't really like the more recent one king kong versus Godzilla. i didn't particularly like that one but when i went back and rewatched godzilla king of the monsters i actually like that movie and there's a really shady reason why vera farmiga's character that is vera right he makes her up with taser that's that's vera right uh i believe yeah terrible I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep talking shit, but let me tell you that is peak white woman. Let me explain. <laughs> the reason she went evil is because she feels like like y'all humans are running down on these animals, and I am not having that. I don't know if you follow this man on TikTok named Jay, who literally talks about how white women don't play when it comes to animals getting done dirty. Like I mean, none of us want animals done dirty, but there's a there's a different hyper realism to it. That is Vera Farmiga personified in this movie. When she's like, it's said, civil rights. It's, it's, it's civil rights. <laughs> she literally was like, y'all niggas thought y'all was going to kill these these kaiju, and y'all got to die now. And I, to be honest, that doesn't feel too inconceivable. I mean, I, I don't even remember. I have to go back and rewatch some of the ones that come after that film because I I think she is dead, like effectively. But if she weren't dead, she is a war criminal. Her letting those kaiju oh, yeah. die, I think in the first 15 minutes, 100 people were dead. Like I those... I think that's an act of terrorism. That's I think that's terrorism. Think She's right. a terrorist. Yeah. She is a she and don't they even say that? In they probably do. Even... My jaw was too busy on the floor. Because these eco-terrorism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> eco-terrorism. Yes. It's like, you know, several steps away from PETA. But it's very similar energy, you know. It's yeah. it's big. It's big PETA energy. Big PETA energy. Big PETA energy. <laughs> Just gonna write that down. We can use that later. <laughs> big PETA energy. I mean, yeah it it really is. And at any given point, I'm waiting for her to realize, like while I'm rewatching the movie, like these aren't, you know, labradoodles. These are mm-hmm. demons. I mean, they're not demons, but they're big. Like, they're titans, you know? They are threats to society. They're threats to the, the world. Yes. Yeah. So I had a good time with that. And I feel like Bobby Millie Brown did her thing. Like, she was very overdramatic, but, I mean, that's me on a Tuesday, so I can't really say much. Really? Like, even I when was, she was... I was not fucking with Millie. I wasn't. I'm sorry. She was giving me what I needed. When she was, like, um, when the terrorist dude was in the elevator with her, and she said, huh, and, like, did the middle finger to him, you would have thought that was the first time I saw that. I could not stop laughing at her. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been so over it watching this movie with me. I was having a blast. It was so cheesy, though. It was, but, you know, it's like, who goes to a Godzilla movie for the 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 plot the human plot nobody yeah. nobody it it's we're, we're talking big picture honey yeah fights big picture hold everything else at the door i just feel like 
Millie's character could have been anybody. It could have been anybody. That is true. Yeah. And she just got let go of Stranger Things for the season. And she was like, what big IP can I stick my fucking foot in? And she was fine. She was fine by me. I honestly just like, I just, I don't think she's the strongest actor. I really don't. Ooh. The Bobby Billy Brownies are going to come get you, girl. The Brownies. Oh, my God. Please tell me that's not where Does she have a fandom? Is that dead ass? I, I, I feel like I made that up. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, she I really probably has a did. fan base, but. If they are, they should not call themselves the Bobby Willie Brownies. That is not, that is not true. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> call yourself something else. And if you are called that, I love it for you. Because I, I can't deal with a fan base coming for me. I can't. The the unluckiest day in my life will be if I say something negative about Ice Spice. Which I love. Her. Oh, yeah. That, you know. You know, let's get off that topic. The point is, um, <laughs> um I lost what my train of thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the point is yeah millie bobby brown whatever anyway um what else we got on this list godzilla causing the cold war is wild yeah it was kind of wild um they were they definitely confirmed in not so many words that monarch trying to stop godzilla caused the, the cold war and i'm like i don't know how i feel about that i like subtlety they did that in the American in our American uh rendition. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. wasn't the American rendition. I don't know what I I don't know why I shook my head. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're shaking your head and I don't know what the fuck is going on. Mm. If if that's really the case, I that seems a little bit bitey of Japan. Like, yeah. We have trauma too. That's what it's giving. Don't forget, yeah. we uh, we Americans have trauma also, which we definitely we do. But like, <laughs> oh, we not got like, a little bit. I mean, I mean, not, compared to Hiroshima. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not arguing with that. I'm really not, not at all. If y'all don't take y'all damn uh, mutos. We, oh my God! What's like a, a muto? Oh, manchos. <laughs> Ooh, num num num. Can they yeah, be it's that dollar ninety-nine bag of manchos, the red ones? Yeah. What's a what's a muto for the people? What's a muto? I I don't know. Like I literally was like, I don't remember this, but because they don't exist in Toho, right? They just America just I don't think up, so. Right? Yeah. And we'd be doing like, that. They look like like demogorgons a little bit. But kind of like mixed with like newts, but they're kind of big as shit. I don't know. I, I I don't I don't. I said I like this one, and I do, but I'm complaining a lot. So maybe I need to kind of process some of these feelings. Well, I think you can definitely still like it and be critical. That's how I feel too. Okay. Like I think you and I both would jump ship in a heartbeat and go over to Shin Godzilla. Yes. But also like. I feel like we're both the type of nerds that like we'll always eat, you know, like like we'll take whatever we can get and then, yeah. you know, we'll just we'll critique it later, but there's going to be a new Godzilla movie. I will I will be watching it. And that, yeah. you know, that's that's how I feel. So I'm hyped this new um Apple TV series. And you know, at the end of the day, like 
like we just said, we're here for the big picture. We're here for the monster fights. And Apple TV has got money. Okay? So they, they can give me the fights that I'm asking for. And, ooh, here's something that we could talk about. This is this is good. So I guess there's there's three different types of of kaiju content. There's the the OG all practical guys in suits rolling around wrestling. Then we have the half and half. We have the live action with the CG monsters, you know, which can look really good by today's standards. And then you have like there's some animated series, like fully animated series. Like there was a like a three-part Netflix special that was an anime. Um, it was it's called Godzilla something. I don't know. I'm sure it's mm. still on there, but it was like a Netflix original anime um about Godzilla. So the way I feel about the three of these, there's definitely a hierarchy. I feel like for me, the fully practical, if we go way back, is probably peak. Just, I don't know. I just eat that camp up. I, I just eat that shit up. I also really like the CG monsters because we can do a lot more. Obviously, like, there's shit that we just can't do with practical effects. Like, especially we're talking about monsters. Mm -hmm. Like, let's be fucking for real. Let's be real. We can't make everything practical. And the type of Godzilla that speaks to me that I want to see all the time is Shin Godzilla. That is peak Godzilla for you the both of preach. us. You better preach. Yes. Okay, period. 2016 Shin Godzilla, that's peak Godzilla because it combines all the things that I love um, about, I, I guess, about the entire big picture of Kaiju Monsters. This is just straight up a monster. Um, there, there are no eyebrows. We're not getting any emotion. We just have this scary ass natural being that is doing whatever its instincts tell him. Um, also we have, we get to see the metamorphosis, like the different forms of Godzilla and Shin Godzilla. I think there's like three to five of them. Um, and the metamorphosis looks fucking painful. I don't think we could really yeah. do that to the scale of how big they are with practical effects, but to make it look, you know, that painful and agonizing as just like a creature that's just being forced to exist, you yeah. know, and just survive is just, you kind of have to be like, damn, like it's not only us suffering, this creature is definitely suffering with these transformations that it's going through. And I think that gives it a little bit more emotion. Um, leave the eyebrows out the door. Just you, know, you can like pity this, yeah. this poor thing, you know, like this, this poor thing is just like an agonizing pain all the time. You know, when, if, if you're a baby and you're like in severe pain, like, what are you going to do? You're going to fucking throw a tantrum or you're going to scream and cry yep. and you're going to knock some shit over. And that's, that's what this animal is doing. No moral compass at all. And I also just, I also just love this design. Um, like the unhooking of the jaw um, when the nuclear blast comes out of his mouth is just 
In my favorite Sony. atomic breath scene is the slow mo one over the orchestral music. Like I, I immediately like took a clip of it from YouTube and sent it to Emilio because he's also a huge kaiju fan, like huge, and he hadn't seen Shin Godzilla, and the atomic breath scene. It's just it's devastation. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 godlike. It's really thank you, godlike. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is a crazy thing to say about these entities like biblically yeah. biblically accurate godzilla i feel like is shin godzilla biblically accurate <laughs> in my mind at least that's what he should look like i don't think this yeah. man should have eyebrows he should not be zapping up kong it yeah it's it's getting a little bit too cute for me but shin godzilla is definitely the peak now the fully animated like the anime um adaptations and there probably are some other just like fully ad animated adaptations um that i try to steer clear of i tried the anime just because you know it was something new and yeah. it's an ip that i love so let's try it out but i was so bored i was um, i was so bored with just everything that's a dive i hadn't taken yet so i was i saw you put it on the list and i was like damn should i have checked it out but it just sounds like it's a mess just in general well I would I would encourage you to like form your own opinion because maybe it works better for you than than for me but I think for me it's I I like the this it's scary like I want it to be scary I want it to like look real I want to see like buildings collapse under yeah. his tail and I don't get the same feeling of destruction when everything is animated yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess that's that's it. Really, it's just uh, the stakes to me. They they can't be as high if everything is yeah, animated. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it takes you out of it a bit. Mm hmm. It definitely does. Um, but on the topic of since I can't, I can't let this shit go. I can't let the the humanoid nature onto monsters. I can't let it go. But, um. Ultraman is a section of the kaiju universe that I'm not at all familiar with. And when I went to this kaiju event last weekend, um, they had the little con and, you know, I bought a print, talked to some nerds, saw some cosplayers. It was great. And then at the end of the fest, they had a screening of Shin Ultraman, which came out in 2020, I think. Please hold. Shin Ultraman 2022. Okay, so this is new as hell. Shin Ultraman came out in 2022, and it's the most recent installment in the Shin universe. And I'm hyped because, you know, big, big monsters, whatever. Yeah. I'm hyped because it's got a beautiful budget and it looks like the CG is also fantastic. But also, I don't know anything about Ultraman and I'm excited to find out, you know, what he's about. So Ultraman is a humanoid kaiju. At the end of the day, he's from out of this world. He's a different planet. It's not exactly human, but it's humanoid. Um, and it's intelligent. Mm. Yes. Intelligent. Not like Kong intelligent, but like, uh, you know, uh, centuries old being that's seen civilizations type intelligent. I'm liking um, this. And so, ultra, and this is like completely new to me because I yeah. just like 
seeing like, damn, nature, you scary. Like these monsters are just fucking us up and are naturally occurring. But Ultraman is a different side of Kaiju that I've, I've never seen that just forces me to like start over yeah. um, because it's, it's like a guy, it's a giant guy with like a, like a metal man. He's also, he's actually kind of like silver surfery or like uh Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen, like oh. humanoid in a man, but yeah. also cut like more, more like a God, I guess alien god or whatever um and unlike the rest of the kaiju like ultraman can be reasoned with um because because he's intelligent so you know like it's uh it creates more of of the what we would call earlier in the episode like roided up marvel type conflict that's like there's us and then there's them and then how are we going to fight but obviously, like, you know, we don't have the uh, the 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 power to take down an entity like this. But at least we can, like, reason with it. You know what I mean? That, yeah, um, I like that, actually. But that's the place for it. That's the catch-all for it. Not Godzilla. Like, yeah. Godzilla's like an animal. So, like, if you want the vibe you're giving, then at least... Because I don't know much about Shin Ultraman either, but... When we were preparing for this, I definitely put it on my list because it kind of reminds me of Power Rangers a little bit. But um, totally, totally, especially totally. where they took the remake because the remake, the original Power Rangers, they were humanoid, but they weren't humans. I don't think like they were aliens or something. And okay. the suits end up moving to humans. And I know people generally hated the new Power Rangers, but I liked it. I thought it was kind of cool. It's just not the thing we grew up with, obviously. Mm-hmm. But no, oh, I didn't with know Ultraman because this sounds interesting. Like, I'm actually curious. So, like, is it giving? Unlike the other kaiju's, because he's more intelligent, he's not destroying Japan and stuff. Like, like by accident when he's trying to fight, or is no. it like he can't get around doing that? Actually, um, it's a. So in the beginning of Shin Ultraman, so Shin Ultraman is kind of like uh, the world and Japan's first exposure to to Ultraman, which is good from a beginner standpoint because nice. you can go in like me, like not knowing anything about this character and then learning the the basis of like kind of what he is. So mm-hmm. I'm not actually sure what the organization is called, but the humans on the ground that deal with well, whatever the Japanese or Toho equivalent of Monarch is. I don't know if it's still called Monarch. I actually don't really know. But anyway, the agency that's on the ground that's dealing with kaiju attacks, you know, that mysteriously only happen in Japan. Wow. <laughs> um, they are stumped. So the the opening of the movie, and honestly, like I could I could explain to you this. This is also side note. This is the great thing about kaiju movies is that I could explain to you the entire plot, and it's not a spoiler because you have to see the fights for yourself. That's like exactly. the thing that that brings you back. So, like, we could talk about this shit all day, but you still have to go and see it. Um, so, in the beginning of Shin Ultraman, we have um, a kaiju, uh, like a an animalistic kaiju, regular kaiju, and he's you know he's fucking up Japan. You, you know, doing what animals do. They're just causing havoc. And then out of nowhere, this like giant silver man comes and deals with the kaiju and the, and then, and then goes away and then goes away. And so then the people on the ground are like, yo, how did this, this being know 
how to deal with this kaiju in a sense that makes cleanup easier for us. Like, how could he know that? Um, there is a little bit of a twist there that makes that gives it more context as to how he could know. But the fact is, whoever this Ultraman guy is can think critically and you know, can put himself in the shoes of a human, whether that be literally or figuratively. Oh, you just have to watch up. the movie and find out. Okay. Um, but, you know, he, he can, like, think. He could be like, oh, I need to help these humans. Um, there's this kaiju, and it's wreaking havoc on this area of Japan. You know, if I beat the kaiju, I pick it up and take it into space with me, then it makes cleanup easier for the humans you know and i don't have to throw this thing around and destroy several buildings in the process which creates more problems down the line yeah um which is that's really interesting and that's the first point of of real like hmm what exactly are we fucking dealing with here and it seems mm. like you know ultraman and there's there's different types of ultraman also um if you go back um to the older movies then we have we also have women we have ultra women um in addition to ultra men but it's just like a whole nother ball field it's i guess it's more the uh, extraterrestrial side of kaiju but i guess at the end of the day they're giant monsters and they're fighting each other or monsters alien whatever they're not they're not typical humans and they're fighting each other which does make them kaiju um but i do gotta say um, watching a humanoid kaiju fight against a regular kaiju is that shit is different. It's it's different, and he could fly. He could fly too. That's also real sick. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. The CG looks amazing. Um, the monster fights look amazing. Again, it's a Godzilla film, so like, are you gonna show up for the dialogue? Not really. They try to like squeeze no, a romance yeah. in there, and it's kind of weird. Um, but whatever that's that's not why you're here anyway but i'm definitely excited to continue my journey into the ultraman the world of ultraman and how he connects with other kaiju because i've yeah. i've never seen that before um and it is kind of it is in the similar style of shin godzilla as part of the shin series so it's like a little darker um and and more rooted in reality everything looks real and yeah, man, it's like, it's really fucking cool. And I was last week years old when I learned that we should probably be paying a little bit more attention to humanoid kaiju. And also we can, like through Ultraman and other humanoid kaiju, we can tackle different themes, you know? Uh, agreed. I mean, mm -hmm. it sounds like that's the wave of the future too, because Toho they have the rights, just like they do to Pokemon, to the Attack on Titan movies. And those oh. are different because when I found that out, Zero, because, like, I'm not going to lie, like, I tried the first season of Attack on Titan. I liked it, but it was a little depressing. But I can, oh, I can try a little? At, yeah, child, <laughs> you right. I was, I was like, mm, just going to take a break. And then I just didn't go back. But it is mm -hmm. a movie... I want to try that. I think I could, I think I could deal with it like in an hour 30. Well, if it's like Shin Godzilla, it could be like two hours 20, but that's not bad for a kaiju movie anyway, because you have all the powers and stuff. Um, Toho really has it figured out because 
Shen Ultraman sounds like kind of like a Time Lord a little bit in that he's this ex- extremely smart, like extraterrestrial being. Mm-hmm. But you telling me that he could fly a kaiju up to space, that I need to watch that tonight. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I haven't seen any of these movies. So it's a new... I mean, don't get me wrong. I see them because Tubi's done a great job cataloging like most of the kaiju movies. Um, and then the ones that aren't on there, like Shin Godzilla, they're on Crunchyroll and stuff like that. So you can kind of like fill in the spaces, but you don't have to go further than Tubi just to watch it. And that's easy. So it's just a hop, skip, and a jump away, man. You yeah, heard it, so you heard easy. it here first. But yeah, I think Shin Ultraman is is a good place to start. Cause nice. yeah, I think you can see the potential and like once you see, I, I don't know, I I think I prefer to go backwards anyway. Because if you jump into something like from the 60s, it's going to have that 60s feel. But if you get mm. the general idea, then you're interested in the concepts and the characters. And then you could digest more of the lore. So I'm definitely interested. And um, it also had me thinking, um, is Attack of the 50-Foot Woman a kaiju movie? Because, you know, I've never yeah. thought about humanoid kaijus before. And now I see that, like, this was clearly a kaiju when I see it in action. So, yes, I would consider Attack of the 50-Foot Woman a kaiju movie. Because, damn. I, I need to rewatch that movie. Um, when you put it on this list, I could not stop cackling. That is chaotic. And I actually want to watch it again. Isn't there also a hold up? Let me look this up. Isn't there also a man version of it too? Let me see. Oh God, I hope not. Who wants you, to see that? You just gave me the. You just gave me too much life. I, I think I'm done typing. <laughs> I literally lost my track. Hello. <laughs> Wait. Okay. No, you're right. Thank God. Thank goodness. I don't know about oh, that. Oh, I'm mixing it up with a book, Attack of the 50 Foot Fly Guy. I don't even know why that I don't even know that why that's in my brain. Is he fly okay. though? Or can he fly? He looks like a little fly, like a little Oh, ew. Yeah. yeah. Is the fly a kaiju? No, nah, the fly's not a kaiju. He yeah, did better that not himself. Be. Can you imagine a, nah. a, a kaiju sized fly? They have like a million no. eyes. No. Oh my God, that would be so scary. That would be really scary. I don't need that. Mm. I got so, enough. Like... I I mm. want the, I want the kaiju's with claws. I want the crab legs. Yes. I want I want the horrors of the deep, and not just Godzilla. I know he's not the only one that comes from the water. Let's let's diversify a little bit. You hear me, Apple? That's what I want to see. That'll that'll bring me into your show. Just just say word. Just give me some claws. I will 100% be watching these shows though because the way they built it out they built it like they built it out like the Marvel universe like there's mm-hmm. there's so many pockets that you can uh jump into so um absolutely I'm I'm kind of rooting for American kaijus cuz yeah uh, I'm I'm a little done with superheroes at the moment at the moment I mean if and when blade comes out I'm 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 right back there. I'm right back in. But <clears throat> yeah. And you know, like we're lore people. We like, you know, yeah. I give me give me the whole big picture. So, you know, I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, but also uh Pacific Rim, Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim that came out not too long ago. That is definitely a fucking kaiju movie. 
And I know we've yeah. talked about Mr. Del Toro before, and unfortunately, there's things that we are ethics. I mean, I'm gonna still, I'm gonna still ride that Pacific Rim. I mean, it is what it is. I'm gonna still rim that rim. So <laughs> it is what it is. It is. Oh my God! I'm ending recording. I already own right the movie, you, so oh, guess do what? you really? Yeah. So it is oh, what you it rim is. In that rim for real. That movie was I great. mean, because this is this is fun stuff. It's like a departure, and like the lore is so rich because they they introduce so many that it's just it's a smackdown of ages, baby. Yeah, it is a smackdown of ages, and you can't possibly put that into one piece of content, especially not at like two hours max. Like, you can't do that to me. Might as well make it a universe. Would you consider the host from two thousand six a kaiju film? By the way, because I see yes. people are torn on that. Okay. Mm. Wait, hold on. It's tricky, right? Because it's tricky because like you don't get some of the same elements, but I don't know. Well, I'm going to say yes and no. I'm going to say yes, obviously, because it's a giant monster and it's following its instincts and just doing whatever a monster does. Um, I think that would just classify it as a kaiju because I'm pretty sure like the actual definition of kaiju is just like strange monster. Oh, Um, at at the very core. But obviously, like, we can feel when something is or isn't a kaiju. Like, I don't know. It's it's a vibe, I guess. Um, I was thinking maybe it would not just because it's man-made. I mean, obviously not on purpose. But, you know, it's... But, I mean, there's also those themes of war there. Like, it was... It was... uh, for lack of better words, conceive because of, you know, a uh, a military mistake, um, yeah. which I think was our fault, actually. I think that was America. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. pouring formaldehyde down the, the drain or something. And... Yeah, which is not real. Formaldehyde does right. not do that, but <laughs> um, it, it sure did make a hell of a story. But you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to say yeah. I don't think that we should be thinking about kaiju so, like, in a box like i agree i don't know if it's a giant thing and it has the potential to a fight other giant things b fuck up a Mm -hmm. city i i think we could we could call it a kaiju and now that i know that like ultraman is he's not from earth like he's an extraterrestrial like we can open it up to there too so like cloverfield you know um hey shit maybe even fucking transformers because they're aliens also and they're coming down and You're fighting right. each other and shit, you know. I think we could open it up there too. Yeah, that makes sense. Because like they're sentient robots. So it's like different. They're like a, a different life form, a superior life form. Yeah. That's been here since the I dawn think, of time. Uh the Transformers are definitely more in line with like Ultraman. Yeah. 100 percent okay. Like not human, not of this earth, but still intelligent and can think critically and shit like that, but also like one wrong step, it's a wrap. One wrong step. That's I want to throw takes. something out there real quick about the host. Um, because you know I like video essays and stuff. Like, if you have some time, you have like 10 minutes, I would recommend you check out this video on YouTube called Understanding the Host More Than Just a uh Just a Monster Movie. Ooh. By film is just moving pictures on YouTube. Because you know how they take that South Korean concept of, um, give me a second here, because I, I always mispronounce it, 
their version of empathy. Hold up, I can scroll. Um, Seori, is that how you say it? Seori. Okay. Like I'm not sure. he actually unpacks it and shows how the host creates a different form of a monster movie by embracing that South Korean concept. And it's a brilliant video essay in 10 minutes. I was like, I am happy I found it. Damn. This. I'm definitely watching that. Oh, that sounds mm. good. Ooh. Oh, it was juicy. It was so juicy. Like, I liked it. I mean, also, lobotomizing somebody to silence them is wild. Um, <laughs> that's that's wild. <laughs> when they threaten old boy with that, I'm like, they are not fucking around in South Korea. But then again, uh, until uh, you told me when we were vibing one day, I didn't realize this was the same dude that did Parasite. I'm like, okay, well, this makes sense. Yeah, crazy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah, very <laughs> much so. <laughs> Somebody That's check on him. Word, oh is he God. okay? I don't know. I, I don't think I so. I don't know, man. But he makes some damn good um, movies out of it, so. That's facts, yeah. I mean, he's suffering, but at least there's art. Coming out of it. <laughs> Pain and suffering. Hey. We got a banger because of it. I wonder if... um, I mean, obviously not to the level which Japan loves and embraces Godzilla. But Korea was like really fucking with the host when it came out to the point where... Because, you know, host was... a It was a hit in Korea, but it was also an immediate hit in the States... And, you know, that's like, that's fucking huge. So they yeah. erected a statue of it oh. on, um, I don't remember what river it was that they poured the formaldehyde in, but that that river and where that whole first sequence takes place when it like first comes out of the water, uh, they literally erected a statue of it right there. Yeah. It, like, I around... would like to see that in person. That sounds really fun. I don't know if it's still there because obviously like, the movie is not very relevant anymore. Um, um, like Godzilla has held on, but they, it was a permanent statue. And even for a while, um, there was like a sensor on it where like, if you like touch the sensor or like past it or something, then like the, the monster would like roar. It would like make the fucking noise. Yeah. Um, I also read an article about yes. how it was scaring children who were just like on walks with their families oh. and shit. So like, yeah, I don't know if it's still there, but there was a statue and um, a you can Google it. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. But I mean, I guess at least it was respected. I'm sure for reasons that, that you've mentioned and it, it, you know, representing a lot more than just, you know, some slimy attack Toxic on the tuna. country. Oh, yes. <laughs> Toxic tuna. <laughs> It was given that. I was like, I, I like this, but baby, it's giving toxic tuna. It, it was totally giving toxic tuna. Mm. All right. Well, I think that's about it that we got for this episode. Is there anything else you would like to add before you take us away? Before we, yeah, you listen, I have a fan theory before we hit the road. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm. Let's go. Let's get it. So I started digging because one of the Godzilla, you know, Godzilla 1998 has like had people really upset and you already know how Toho threw shade at them in Godzilla Final mm -hmm. Wars because they don't, for anyone listening, in case you don't know T, they hate Godzilla 1998 so much. They don't refer to that Godzilla as Godzilla. They refer to him as Zilla and they had Zilla pull up and got in Godzilla Final Wars to face their Godzilla and he smacked the shit out of him and fucking killed him with one hit. 
So it's not a game over there. But mm-hmm. I don't hate 1998 Godzilla. I think it secretly like fit a different thing I was looking for. So I started like looking into what people think about it now. And it turns out there's a fan theory amongst kaiju fan theorists. Shout out to y'all. To shout out to us. I aspire. And they believe that Godzilla 1998 is not Gohira at all. But the movie that inspired Gohira. Uh, Go because in 1953, you know that movie... Um, Give me a second, because I always mix up the numbers. Um, twenty, th- uh, the Beast from Twenty Thousand Phantoms from nineteen fifty-three. Uh, yes. So they believe that nineteen that nineteen ninety-eight Godzilla is a homage to that movie, and it's actually not Godzilla at all, but it's the Redosaurus from that movie, the one that tore down the lighthouse. So oh. I actually pulled together some bullet points. So we, because some of them I don't agree with. But, like, I figure we can just shoot some of them down and have some fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, one of the points they made is that both appeared after attacks from nuclear weapons. I'm like, that's a pretty good point, but that's pretty consistent mm-hmm. with most lore. Both kaiju emerged in New York at the same Manhattan dock. If you go back and watch 20,000, it's the exact same dock. Um, okay. That's hard to consider a coincidence. Yes. In both instances, the first witness were deemed crazy. I'd kind of push that one out because I'm like, that's every kaiju okay. movie. Um, yeah. um, neither creature reutilizes nuclear energy like Toho's Godzilla, which we know carried into most of the other depictions. Because if you remember mm-hmm. in the 1998 Godzilla, he doesn't take, you know how Shin Godzilla will take the nuclear blast and like use the energy right. for something Absorb else? It, it can just mm-hmm. take the hit, just like the Retosaurus. And it also pointed out that both creatures are smaller than Godzilla, and they both are hunched over in the same way, the Retosaurus and Godzilla mm. 1998. They also noted that a scientist was leading the effort in both instances. There's many other bullet points, but what is is this doing anything right now? Do you feel like... Yeah. And I also... You know what? It's it's the emerging both in, in New York at the same dock... And then the the power blast situation. That's those are the two that are selling me right now. I also think that I want to believe this fan theory. Um, this makes sense to me. In in my brain, I'm imagining the filmmakers from 1998 looking to its predecessor for like you know for inspiration, and then maybe just switching the name to Godzilla because. That would generate more, more eyes, more income, more, yeah, more, more fucking tickets sold, more money. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to rule that out. Honestly, I'm not because I, I don't hate Godzilla 1998 either. Um, but I also don't love it for a lot of those reasons because, you know, that Godzilla is a lot of the things that are not traditionally Godzilla but that makes it make sense and yeah this makes sense to me because I also watched a video essay on totally unrelated last night about um the karate kid like Jaden Smith the the karate kid um and I haven't seen that movie in ages but anyway um the the original karate kid is it's about fucking karate and then in the remake of the karate kid um they actually switch it up a lot and they go to japan 
and uh, practice. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. They go to China. They go to China. Uh, Jaden Smith and, and uh, what's her name? Taraji B. Henson. They move to China. And Jackie Chan is there as the mentor or whatever. And he teaches Jaden uh, like Chinese Kung Fu. And there's no, there's actually in the or the newer rendition of the Karate Kid, there's no fucking karate. It's all Kung Fu. It's not, it's not karate at all. And even this, the, uh, the original director, I, I don't know his name, of the OG mm. Karate Kid was like, this isn't the Karate Kid, it's the Kung Fu Kid. That would be really cool, though, if you called it the Kung Fu Kid and have it be a different take. But then the studio was like, no, we need, you know, we need the box office tickets, we need the name. So they decided to stick with the Karate Kid anyway. Now, this Godzilla seems like kind of like one of those situations where it's actually something different. Or in this case, it's based on something different. And then you just, you know, copy and paste the name over to, you know, to generate the hype. Because I can't imagine if they were to name Godzilla 1998 something different that it would. Yeah. I mean, granted, it bombed anyway. But yeah. but it does have a little bit of a cult following. That much I do know. Um, but, you know, maybe it wouldn't have been projected to see as much of a profit um if it didn't have the name godzilla attached to it i like this you know um, what this theory is really in the box and it makes sense and i i want to believe this one so you know what i'm a believer are you ready for the smoking gun of this theory yeah because you know how okay us, you know how we work as fans so somebody at a comic-con around that ironically <laughs> around the time this movie came out specifically asked about this and this is what the director Roland Emmerich said <clears throat> Godzilla was one of the last concepts of the 50s and had never been done in modern form that idea of the giant monster as in the beast from 20,000 fathoms why not do them again big lizard eats big apple I like it we don't have the same kind of limitations the Japanese had when they made their Godzilla there is an American movie called the Beast from 20,000 Phantoms, shot in the early 1950s. I was like, I love fans because if they had never just asked, this little fossil from like yesteryear would just be vanished to the annals of like the archives. I just, it's so cool because it makes me look at Godzilla 1998 differently. And it's like everything you're saying. There's, because I get what you're saying when you bring up the Karate Kid thing, create a separation, you know, because by changing certain things, it's like, they do. I mean, we already know they take sometimes scripts that are something else and they put a franchise on top of it. So it will generate money. It's T. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's not him explicitly saying he did it, obviously. But I think this is close because it's showing he is aware of this movie. Absolutely. And like it's, it, it, you know, it gives it some legs. It gives the theory. Some like legs. he name dropped it twice. He name dropped right? it twice. You're obviously aware of this yeah i think that's a nail in the coffin for me honestly if maybe it wasn't like completely intentional right um but that was it had to be a reference it had to fucking be a reference i love nerds nerds are the fucking best nerds have so much to fucking offer and nobody's asking these questions that actually have the answers to these questions or the supposed answers to these questions hold so much weight 
yeah. holds like they really hold some because there's all this lore in fandom and also out fandom because you know Godzilla versus Zilla that that's its own separate thing but you know it this shit is like i would like to know what's really going on and that gives me a pretty clear answer um i know it's not like canon canon but that's that's the nail in the coffin for me i don't know i believe i'm a believer me too this was it for me when i found that i was like okay that was the last bullet point on it i was literally like oh this is it he he totally chef's kiss yeah that is a I'm so okay with that. And I am glad that Godzilla 1998 has a little bit of a cult following. Like there's this theater that I love and I've talked about it with you guys all the time called Nighthawk. Um, There's two locations and they just recently did a 35 millimeter screening of Godzilla 1998 and they almost sold out the theater. Like, and this was maybe like two, three weeks ago. I would love to see that. That sounds so dope. I bet you if I was considering going, but I had a scheduling conflict, but if I went and I knew what you just put me onto just now, I would have asked them. I would have asked someone in that theater, what do you think about this? And I'm sure one of those nerds would have something to to say to agree to all this. I am, I am so sure of it. Oh yeah. Not a coincidence. I think we did the kaiju proud today. This would we really hit a lot of beats. We really did. did. Mm -hmm. Do you think we convinced Sheree? Do you think she's going to come away from this and want to watch uh, the Retosaurus or any or Ghidorah or any of these? Maybe Uh, I think we might need to uh, some cables to tie her down. But I think it's (laughs) it's maybe like ten percent more of a possibility than it was before our episode. (laughs) we're still trying we're not giving up on you never we're not giving up one day she's gonna log in and say i watch mothra it was like Mm. one step in the right direction just 200 more films to go there are so many films Mm -hmm. oh my goodness okay well is it time for me to take this thing to the bridge take it to the bridge well you've heard us talk about the baddest kaijus if you want to let us know your favorite and also touch on some of the the dips and swirls we went in for, uh, through, uh, for this, I can't make words anymore. Find us on social media at Brody Massacre. And please rate this podcast episode of the podcast five stars wherever you're listening to us. Okay, I'm running away now. Bye. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.